Hello and good morning. Welcome home, everyone. No, no feedback. <laughs> Welcome. Oh, can I have a shout in the house? Yeah, yeah. Well, we cannot sing, but we can have a you know greet one another. My greeting one another, right? And also, thank you for everyone joining us online. Today is the second week we are back out of uh, phase two uh, heightened alert, and we are back in church. And it's really wonderful to have all of you joining us uh, online and on site. So, you no, know, we. If you remember, two years back, almost two years back before we went into Circuit Breaker and the whole this long pandemic, we used to start off the service by greeting one another, looking at each other in the eyes, smiling. And many of us always, like, we are so close, we always give each other, you know, the, the heart of the peace, you know, share peace with one another. So, I'd like to get us, you know, back into this um, wonderful habit of greeting one another at the beginning you know, to see uh, at the beginning of the service because to know that God is in our community. So, whether you're online or on-site, alright, for those on-site, I'd like to invite you to turn to the left and right, people on the front and back, to just wave to one another, right, to send your peace and your love to one another. You, although, behind the mask, you cannot smile, lah. Okay, or maybe you do a fake smile, but like what the American Next Top model will say, uh, smiles, you know, your eyes, you can smile, all right, and for those who are you joining us online, greet one another with peace be upon you or maybe even just a little heart uh, icon. So for this Sunday, uh, at a, before we start, something special is going to take place today at the end of the uh, service. So stay tuned with us towards the end because we are celebrating, the, we are going to bless and pray for our birth, August babies. So... If you are friends or cell group members, you know that they are having their birthday uh, in August. No, it's time, now is the time to invite them or to share the link to them and say, hey, hey, very nice weather to sleep in in Singapore today, but you know, join us online and receive you know, our love and care for you. No, our, as we are talking about celebration, as we are also talking about celebration, now we are in the new sermon series. It's called the uh, Blessed, Blessed the B Attitude series. Last week, Pauline shared with us, you know, the, the blessedness, the Lord open, opening up our eyes to see the blessedness of those poor in spirit. And today, even our Singapore, as we are, no, we are, you, you might have read in the news, we are opening up our travel lanes between Germany and many countries around the world. Well, people are travelling. <laughs> yes, yeah, some of us are really excited. <laughs> However, whether be in a lockdown where we are, are forced to stay in one place or when sometimes places open up and people have to start moving around, things, whether we, we are facing various changes in our life, sometimes these are um, situations where some of, us, for some of us might be grieving, might be feeling a sense of loss. You may have lost a lot loved ones due to a loved one due to the pandemic, or lost loved ones and friends because you are separated and apart. So today, I invite us all of us to travel deep into our very being, the place of tenderness, to look at the grief, the sadness, the brokenheartedness that is within us, and to know that we will be encountering God there as Jesus has promised. So as we prepare ourselves for this encounter with our Lord Jesus, the love of God, may I invite you and all of us here to respond to the call to worship.
Drawn by God's presence, we, we gather. gather. Inspired by God's spirit, we, we worship. worship. Empowered by God's grace, we, we live. live. We are a community. Embraced, embraced by, by the, the mystery, mystery of God's, God's love for all creation. creation. We are a community that looks for the light of Christ. The light, light that, that shines in every time, every, every place, place, and every, every life. life. Within this dynamic community, we foster connections and experiences that bring meaning to life and help us face the issues of the day. Together, Together we, we strive to live with, with loving hearts, hearts open minds, and, and hands, hands extended, extended to all. Welcome home. Amen. Amen. The splendor of the King Clothed in majesty The earth rejoice The earth rejoice You wrap yourself in light And dark tries to hide and trembles at your voice and trembles at your voice how great is our God sing with me how great is our God oh we'll see how great Oh, God. 
the land that is plentiful where your streams of abundance flow blessed be your name blessed be your name blessed be your name when i'm found in the desert place though i walk through the wilderness blessed be your name every blessing you and every blessing you Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious Still, 
sometimes forget you are there and it's difficult to fully let go of our anxiety when we can't see evidence of all that you're doing when we can't understand or see your purpose or plan today we pause and remind ourselves of our need for you and our dependence on you because we know in our hearts that our circumstances and our futures are held in your hands. Lord, we purposefully, even urgently say again that we choose to trust in you. We know that it's often in the most challenging times that you are most at work. Thank you for being the one who gives us the strength to help each other and to see distinctly the choices we face. And as we survey the way ahead, we know we must look to you for the power and the possibility that is our future. We grieve today with those who grieve over Afghanistan, the people who call it home, the people exiled, or suddenly having to leave. We pray for peace, dignity, and freedom for the people of Afghanistan especially for the women and children. We also pray for courage, vision, and generosity within the international community responding to such need. We pray for those in our own community who are grieving the loss of loved ones, of health, of jobs, everyone who is struggling. Help us to be there for each other in our time of need. Help us love one another as you love us. Give us a heart of wisdom to hear your voice and then to make our footsteps firm as you lead us on. Please make us strong through your favor and your grace. And may we embody your love in our world that's filled with fear and uncertainty. Help us, Lord, to do all this because of who you are in our lives as we pray all this 
in your many names. Amen.
Good morning. Thank you for joining us today um, for our Sunday service. And uh, good morning to those of you who are physically here and those of you who are joining us online. And for those of you who are new um, to us at FCC, you'll know, just to let you know, we have been using uh, menti.com um, to allow you to interact and to um, uh, interact with us, uh, answer questions and key in your reflections so that we can build this sermon together. Um, he has changed the way we have done preaching, um, and he has been able to help us weave in different stories, narratives, and even your stories into the sermon and allow us to grow and learn together as a community. So today, um, for those of you who are at home or those of you who are present, you can take out your phones. And this is probably the, one of those churches who encourage you to take out your phones on, um, during the sermon. And go to menti.com and key in the code 81789372 um, to, join, uh, this, uh, uh, to join me on Menti and, and do some reflecting together. Um, I think um, Jamie, who is the moderator today, will be also posting um, the uh, quote on um, the chat in uh, YouTube if you are joining us online. So I invite you to join. Uh, will you join me in prayer as we open the, ser the sermon today? God, may the words from my mouth 
and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you. Amen. So, last week when Pauline kicked off this sermon series, Blessed, the Beatitudes, I want to start off with asking this question, what resonated most with you? Because, um, and this is the, I'm changing things a little. Usually we start off with a very gentle, uh, multiple choice question or a one word, word cloud that I, I wanted. But today I'm kicking off with uh, something rather heavy, right? Uh, for those of you who uh, watched the sermon online, uh, whenever, or were present last week, what struck you from the mo- most from Pauline's sermon? Uh, being poor in spirit, spiritually poor, but not about being depressed. Okay? I want to give you all some time to think about what struck you um, while I share. For me, uh, I was physically here right now in church. And what struck me was happened even before the sermon started. So um, what caught my eye when I first stepped in, uh, into uh, the church was the teapot and the teacup that was on the communion table. And when Pauline spoke about the student who was seeking a spiritual teacher who went on and on and on about their achievements, their experiences, their qualifications, you know, or name-dropping who they studied under, and the teacher kept pouring the tea until the tea overflowed. That story resonated with me. Sometimes we are trying to pad, um, trying to um, show off because we're actually very afraid, anxious, or feeling that we're not good enough, that we try to fill ourselves up with all these things. Yet, when we are full like that, we cannot take in new things. I would like to go back to um, the posts, you know, your answers online. Uh, can you shift up to the first few? I don't see... Uh, poor in spirit equals to knowing you need God. Um, the meaning of um, poor in spirit. The sentences that start with blessed are thee. Um, that's the beatitudes, right? Letting go and letting God. Struck me that the beatitudes are not a list of rules. Yeah, they're not a list of rules. Being empty, being teachable, um, happiness, true attitude. Um, replacing the words in the Bible with modern day terms. Poor in spirit equals knowing you are a vessel ready to be filled by God. From the responses, how truly poor we are in faith and trust. Many of us are worrying knowingly and unknowingly. Well, anxiety is part and parcel of who we are as human beings. Um, And learning to trust and learning to have faith is a journey um, that requires us to take it step by step. Making progress and not perfection. We don't end up being super faithful uh, overnight. But it takes us to learn day by day. The teapot, someone resonated with me, right? Do I know everything and can no longer learn? Um, God loves a broken spirit and a contrite heart. Emptying ourselves to receive. A whole new meaning of blessed are. Um, The Beatitudes is not a command, but a blessing to those who feel unworthy. Being poor is a blessing, and this is hard to fathom. Um, thank you for all your insights and, and what um, you're sharing. Um, and the thing is that what happens when we... Li- and this is what reality is, right? We live in a world 
with the goal is to be rich, to be full. Otherwise, why are you working and, you know, and trying to earn a salary, right? The goal often is telling you you need to have a lot. And being poor, being empty, is considered a failure. When we apply for jobs, right, I'm sure most of us have applied for jobs, right? When you write your CV, you try to pad it, right, and try to impress your potential employer, you, tell, you try to tell all that you have done, your work experience, your education, in a way that convinces the employer uh, to hire you. And oftentimes, we try to make things, uh, exaggerate things a little bit. That's how the world works. And when we meet new people, we try to present ourselves in a way to impress them and make them like us. All these behaviors stem from the anxiety that the real us isn't good enough. We cannot be truly vulnerable and show our real selves to others. If we are not rich, we are not full, we are not good enough, we pretend to be. And sometimes, we don't even realize that we are pretending because the truth is, the person that we are really trying to fool is ourselves. We're trying to convince ourselves that we're not worthless, empty, or poor. And so the first thing we need to embrace is our blessedness. It is knowing and trusting that God loves us that anchors this blessedness. It is only that when we are empty, that we can be filled. It is knowing that we have sinned, that we can seek forgiveness. And it's knowing that we fall short, that we can accept grace. This knowing and this trust is faith. And this is a continual journey that we are on. Because all this while we've been told we are not good enough, we are only lovable if we meet certain criteria. But that's not what Jesus revealed. But what about the second beatitude? What about blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted? I wonder what you've learned about this. So I actually went to take a peek, right, around. I took a peek at uh, gotquestions.org. This is a they, they say that they are Christian, Protestant, evangelical, theologically conservative and non-denominational website that seeks to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ by providing biblical, applicable and timely answers to spiritually related questions through an internet presence. Um, and there are times that I agree with what they, they say, but for what they explain, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. I disagree. They say that Jesus seems to indicate that this mourning is due to grief over sin. An enviable state of blessedness comes to those who mourn over their sin. Yeah, there are times that I'll agree with them because, you know, um, not... 
I, I don't look at it just because they are conservative, that I disagree everything with them. But this here is where I really defer. Yes, we should reflect on our sins and seek forgiveness from them, for them and work to make amends to those who have sinned against. But I don't think this is what Jesus was talking about when he said, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. If Jesus is talking about sin, then the beatitude should be, blessed are those who repent, for they will be forgiven. Why does he want to speak in code? Here, what a literal reading of the Bible really is more appropriate. This is the point where, you know, read it literally. That's what Jesus said. So I want to ask you, first, what do you understand as mourning? What do you understand as mourning to you? Right? Because maybe we have different understandings of the word. And maybe we're not clear about what it really means. Grief. It's grief over loss. Grieving, grieving over loss, sadness about loss, to reminiscence, a state of sadness, sadness due to loss, being depressed. Not really being depressed. Mourning is a grief over someone's passing, being sad, bowing down on people's death. Okay, that's a ritual of mourning. Loss of someone, losing a loved one, death, being at a funeral, to pour a heartache out. Grieve over the loss of a dear one, recognizing loss. So it seems a lot of you connect with grief and loss um, as your understanding of mourning. Sadness, grief over anything. I think God cares about everything we felt lost over. Grieving filled with sadness. Thank you. Thank you for participating. Um, this is the the, 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 the definition of um, grieving uh, and loss. Grief is the constellation of internal thoughts and feelings we have when we experience loss. Mourning, on the other hand, is when we take that grief we have inside and express it outside. Mourning is expressing it. Grieving is that internal thing, right? So they are related in a way, but when you feel grieved, that doesn't mean that you mourn. You might stuff it all inside. And I suspect that when people read blessed are those who mourn and interpret that Jesus is talking about sin here, they're actually uncomfortable talking about emotions. When people express negative emotions in church, we may get uncomfortable. And too often we try to make these negative feelings go away by offering solutions or telling folks in a nice way to get over it or just to trust God, or God has a plan, and quickly try to change the subject. In a way, we're telling people, it's okay to grieve, just don't mourn and express it out in a way that makes everybody else uncomfortable. Have you heard of the phrase or the coming to church in your Sunday best? You've heard that before, right? Coming in your, or even the shortened version, your Sunday best. How do you feel about that? Oops. 
How do you feel about this phrase, coming to church in your Sunday best? What does this mean to you? Showtime. Doing something special for God. That can very, that's a good way of phrasing it, like a hypocrite, not authentic. Presenting your best to God. Carefully put together a matter of respect. Put on your best outlook, keeping up appearances. We cannot come as we are to God, which is not true. Pretending everything is fine. Put a plastic face and act like everything's okay. Very sad. Associated with appearances. A type of respect to God and church. Showing respect. Being clean. Making an effort. Going to church on Sunday is a traditional thing. I thought that to wear the best when meeting God, showing as if you're okay, fake, armour, let go of whatever sad negative things that's happened during the week and look forward to what's upcoming with positivity. That's one way to looking at your Sunday best. It may feel good, but I haven't done it. And it shows deep respect for service as an institution, offering your best. Thank you for your responses. I think that, you know, we must be careful not to uh, this coming to church in your Sunday best as something just about being fake or being a hypocrite. I think that for many people, it is a form of respect. It is important to them, right? When I first came back to church and served, right, um, and that was, well, coming to 10 years ago, I came to church wearing jeans, and I still wear, I'm still quite dressed down, huh? um, and, and, and I wore a polo T-shirt. I didn't wear a collar. And because I felt that that, re, that is most uh, resonant with FCC's value of first realize everyone's equal, I did not want to lord over you just because I'm trained or ordained. But then as I went along and I reflected and I heard feedback, right, a lot of people felt that it didn't resonate with them. It was as though I disrespected my, my calling. I also, in a way, disrespected them. And I reflected on that. And I realized that actually for many people, they came here looking for me living up to that authority in some way. And I realized that I, had, no, I, had, I do need to do this because that's a way of worshipping God. So I'm not dissing people coming to church in their Sunday best. However, at the same time, it is also very important that we come as our authentic selves. We come without pretense. Right? For some people, they might interpret this literally from the parable from the banquet, right? the parable of the banquet from Matthew chapter 22, where the inappropriately dressed was thrown out of the banquet that the king ordered the servants to bind this person and throw them out into the darkness where they'll cry and gnash their teeth. But that's, that's not, that's the, the passage that you should not read literally. That passage needs to be interpreted, right? To, to stop someone from coming to church just because they're not dressed well enough is not being the, uh, is not being the church. It's not loving and it's not inclusive. But sadly, I think 
what has happened is that over time, the church has become a place where people not only put on their Sunday best, but they also put on masks and pretend that everything is going well and everything is good because the, you know, that reflects on how blessed you are in life, that you have been faithful and God has rewarded you in some way. But what we go through, you know, good or bad, it does not reflect, it's not representative of how much we are loved by God. God loves us, even though we might be going through very difficult situations, we might be encountering illness or struggles in our lives. And these people who come wearing masks, they hide their grief and their struggles inside, thinking that only the deserving can come to church and only the deserving can come into God's presence. But that's the opposite of what church should be. Church should be the place where you can come to, and be authentic, where you can encounter God authentically without pretense, without having to prove anything, without having to wear a mask. At FCC, we hope that you can be authentic here. I would say that we are far from being perfect. We are human. And we might not create that space that you feel that you are safe to be authentic here. But we want to journey right, with each other to, be, to arrive somewhere there where we can all be who we are here. Where we can express what we are going through without fear of being judged and know that you are God's beloved. But what has that got to do with mourning? Right? We often focus only on the positive feelings in church and we skip very quickly over the negative feelings. But who lives a life that only has good moments? In Ecclesiastes, Chapter 3, there's a season, there's a time for everything and a season of every activity under the heavens. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to uproot, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search, a time to give up. A time to keep, a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. There must be space somehow in this sacred place, not just to laugh, dance, embrace, celebrate, worship, but also space to weep, 
mourn, and lament. Worship isn't just when we celebrate, when we give thanks. Worship is also lamentation. It's also crying out in our suffering, in our pain. The worship songs I selected for today, especially the second and the third one, were Highlands. In the Highlands and the heartache, that's where God is. Not just in the good times, but also the bad. Can we say blessed be the name when we're suffering? Not just when we are celebrating. This is bringing our whole selves. It is quite heavy today. I want to move and ask you, what do we mourn in our lives, right? What do we mourn in our lives? Some of you have mentioned it just now, right, um, in the previous question. When we talk about mourning, we usually talk about mourning the death of someone. But what other things do we mourn? Friendships lost, death of my friend. Let's see what other answers. Heartbreak, failure, regrets, rejection, suffering in the world, hardships, my dad, lost years, emptiness, lost relationships, pain, purpose, unemployment, unfulfilled hope, broken relationships. There's much that we mourn, not just deaths. Thank you for sharing and in a way digging deep because these are the places that we often don't want to go or we don't want to acknowledge because it's pain. It brings back uncomfortable feelings. We want to get over that, right? Injustice. We mourn many things. You know, breaking up when my partner cheated. Hmm? Wrong decisions. Like perhaps uh, mourning over betrayals. And all this in a way connects, right? To loss, to brokenness. We grieve. We carry all this with us. But have you mourned? Or is it just grief? Because grieving is the thoughts and feelings that we experience. But have we truly mourned? Have we truly let, expressed it out? 
We grieve over endings, change, farewells, loss, betrayal, brokenness, because they're all different experiences of loss. Mourning is taking that grief we have inside and expressing it outside, and that helps us to process and journey through that loss, help us, helping us to move towards acceptance and hope. Hope for something different. Hope for change. But mourning requires vulnerability. And we often see vulnerability as a sign of weakness and avoid being, when we, we try all sorts of ways to avoid being vulnerable. And really, in times of grief and loss, you know what we try to be most? We try to be strong. We do that all the time, right? I even catch myself telling people at wakes, be strong. Instead of telling them, it's okay to be weak. And almost at every wake that I've attended, I see the people who are grieving, who have lost a loved one, try to hold it all together. Wakes and funerals are occasions that are meant for us to mourn, to grieve, to pour out all that sadness and sorrow. And for people who come to that wake to grieve with us, to comfort and support us. But instead of mourning, we actually bury and suppress all those emotions so that we can do what needs to be done and process that grief in private. That's kind of counterintuitive to what a funeral or wake should be. I've experienced this myself. And I know I, I had to hold it in and suppress everything. I experienced that when I had to conduct Reverend Yap's funeral. I had to hold it all together because I had to do the service and make it happen. It's not just a personal thing, but it's also what I need to do as the pastor of FCC. I couldn't write a um, eulogy. Not really. I couldn't do my own eulogy. I actually have to read someone else's eulogy because that helps me disconnect with the emotions. I'm actually reading someone else's thoughts and feelings. And when we finished the service at Mandai, when people process out, right, everyone walked past the coffin, bid him farewell, and everyone walked out because there are so many of us in the, you know, of there. Um, people, instead of going back to their seats, we actually directed, the, the people at Mandai uh, Crematorium actually directed everybody out towards the hall. And I was the last, right, because I was conducting the, the, the service. And then I was the last to, to bid farewell to um, Reverend Yap and with his family there. And as I said, walk. I actually broke down and cried with a very guttural cry. The kind of grief that explodes out without control. I was uncontrollably sobbing for a few seconds. And then, you know, had to quickly get myself together again and continue to do the work. 
But the reality of what we need to be as church is to be able to create that space to be okay with this uncontrollable sobbing, this grief, because we can support one another through that. But when we are grieving, we often tell ourselves some, the exact opposite. Let's not burden other people with our grief. They're going through their own stuff as well. Let's not trouble other people. But at the heart of it, actually, it is our own inability to be vulnerable. We are afraid of being vulnerable. We are afraid of taking off that mask. I want to invite us to think about it rather differently. Cynthia Brogiot, in her book, The Wisdom Jesus Writes, essentially, from a wisdom perspective, this second beatitude is talking about vulnerability and flow. When we mourn, and we're talking about true mourning here, not complaining or self-pity, you know, sometimes we do that, right? We complain and we, we pity ourselves. But when we're truly mourning, we are in a state of free fall. Our hearts reaching out toward what we have seemingly lost, but cannot help loving anyway. Grieving is about loss, right? Mourning is about expressing that feeling around loss. To mourn is by definition to live between the realms. Mourning is indeed a brutal form of emptiness. But in this emptiness, if we can remain open, we discover that a mysterious something does indeed reach back to comfort us. If we are able to hold on and be courageous enough to this emptiness and be open to this grieving and mourning, we can experience something that reaches back to comfort us. And it might reach back to us in different ways. Sometimes it is the release of that grief. And then you return back to that space feeling strangely comforted. If we do not mourn, on the other hand, we do not express the grief within, we're just suppressing it and locking it in. And that often leads to us, leads to that grief coming out in very unhealthy ways. Are there losses in your life? Oops. where you still feel stuck over and you have not moved beyond that initial feelings of grief and sadness. It's not easy to glimpse into that space in your heart, right? Some things that you might have buried a long time ago, but it will pop up now and then. something that we might not have dealt with completely. I invite you to put this in. Right? Friend broke up with you. 
your dad, losing your health. Yes, processing it with your therapist, that's very good. Because we need to release it, deal with it in a healthy way. Because once we have dealt with it, it's still there. But it's no longer something that, is, that we are afraid of. It's something that we can connect with. And it becomes something different. It's something that actually might give you strength, inspiration. And it's something that actually allows you to connect with other people. It allows you to be real, authentic, and it's something that you can share with somebody to help them. And it becomes a relational thing. Lost years of being in the wilderness, suicidal attempts, that all I did, that I did all I could in a relationship, but it still did not work. It's scary to commit again. Yeah. Sudden death of my partner. Relationships with people hard to love. Realizing my partner and I are so different. Coming to terms with knowledge of what my previous relationship was actually like in letting go, suicide of friends, broken and lost relationships, though my, through my own fault, flaws and brokenness, trust. Thank you. Thank you for those of you who have shared and so willing to open up and enter into this. There are many things that we may not be able to move beyond because, um, and sometimes it could be the death of a loved one, and especially when it's a sudden. And it could be changes in your life that you have, um, that's beyond your control. The question is have you mourned these losses? Have you taken that grief? inside and expressed it outside. It could be as simple as allowing yourself to be vulnerable and sharing the experience with someone else, a close friend, a therapist. And here, here today, even though you might be sharing this anonymously, you're putting it out there, it could be this, that this is your first step to mourn. Don't let that grief be trapped inside you. It will find ways to be released. And I've seen folks whose grief get released only when they are drunk. They drink and drink and drink and it goes to a point that they're no longer in control of themselves and the grief gets poured out. Maybe you know some people who are angry drunks. I know some who are crying drunks. When they are drunk, they start crying, crying uncontrollably. Because there's a lot of things that are locked inside and not processed. But this cycle repeats itself because after they cry, it's not released. It's still suppressed. And then the next time they are drunk, it comes out all over again. It's not processed over. And I hope that we can create a space a community where we can help each other process through all our grieving. Earlier when I was um, asking the other question, right, what are the things we mourn, so 
a few people wrote injustice because the word cloud injustice was one of the larger words. And there are many ways we mourn in church and we do mourn injustices. We have had World AIDS Day services, Transgender Day of Remembrance services to commemorate, to mourn and lament as a community and envision a different world. We lament the injustices that people living with HIV and transgender people face, the discrimination that they encounter, the injustices. We lament and we hope and long for a world where they are loved and accepted as who they are everywhere. Not just here in this community, but all over the world, beyond these four walls. And we also find ways to say goodbye and express our love for people and bid them farewell as they leave Singapore and move overseas to another phase of their lives. People come to our community, people who are working here for, for a period of time, and there will come a time that we they, might, they may return home, and we find ways to say goodbye as a community. And that's also a form of mourning. This is a place, a community for all seasons under the heavens, not just a place for you to come in your Sunday best. This is a place where you can come as you are, where you can weep, laugh, mourn, dance, gather, search, even to give up, to throw away a place for silence and a place to speak. And I want to move on now to the second part of the Beatitude. Because the Beatitude isn't just focused on mourning. We often just focus on the first part and don't pay much attention to for they will be comforted because we, we are assuming God will do the work of comforting. Right? Blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. God will do that work. We may point towards the promise of a new heaven and earth from Revelations chapter 21, that God will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death and, or mourning or crying or pain for the former things have passed away. But that is the world to come. In the Beatitudes, Jesus is telling us how to be in the here and now to establish the kingdom now. The kingdom of God is not far away, nor far, far in the future. The kingdom of God is within us, amongst us. So if the kingdom of God is within us, among us, and some people argue that one translation is more accurate, right? Within us, among us, I think, why not both? The kingdom of God is both among us and within us. And how does God wipe away every tear through this kingdom? How does God comfort through this kingdom? I want to talk about the kingdom because 
for those of you who are new to FCC, you often hear us saying the kingdom of God instead of the kingdom of God. But this place that Jesus talked about doesn't look much like a kingdom. I mean, have you seen a kingdom where the first shall be last and the last shall be first? I was introduced to this idea of kingdom in seminary, and this is in turn borrowed from liberation theologian Ada Maria Isazi Diaz. As a more inclusive and less hierarchical word to kingdom, a kingdom suggests one that is patriarchal, hierarchical, and centered around power. That doesn't sound like the place Jesus talked about. But kingdom, kingdom suggests a place where the re it's relational, it's centered around family, around relationships. Isn't that more like what Jesus spoke about? Whosoever does the will of God is my brother, my sister, my mother. When we think about kingdom, then we connect to understand that we are called to comfort each other when we are mourning. We may not be there yet. Recently, as some of you are aware, Ben's mom passed away you know, three months ago. And it slipped my mind to share the information with the rest of the church. So few people caught the information on Facebook, and only three of us turned up for the wake, three of us from FCC. And Ben was very brokenhearted because he felt as though he didn't matter. We failed to show up, and we failed to comfort him in his mourning. And Ben was brokenhearted because FCC means a lot to him, and we disappointed him. We are on this journey as an imperfect community, striving to live out what it means to be the kingdom of God and to, live, to love one another. And oh, that is a tall order. We will fail, but we will try and try again. In the wisdom Jesus, Cinder Borgia introduces the idea that Jesus is the teacher in the wisdom tradition. And he invites us to think about Jesus' teachings as seeking wisdom and inner transformation. The wisdom path is how we live and love God and neighbour here right now. The kingdom of God is at hand right here, right now. In order to be a follower of Jesus, you seek ye first the kingdom. The kingdom where we are whole, where we are transformed, where we are one with God and with one another. Where the commandments to love God and our neighbours as ourselves is fulfilled. Because of what happened with Ben, some of you were very moved. And a group of you actually approached Jeffrey, who is on the council, uh, leading the community live stream to discuss what we could do as a community. And you came up with the idea of care. Can rely on everyone. I'm very heartened to see such an initiative from the ground up. This is what kingdom looks like, a family. And we'll be piloting some of these initiatives so that we are equipped to care because so often we are afraid of stepping up because we have no idea what to do. We might not feel that we are equipped or trained 
to care for one another. And then sometimes we are afraid that we might say the wrong thing, we might make things worse. So we are piloting programs, but today I want to offer you a very good example of how we can care and love someone who is mourning from the Bible. Okay, I didn't ask this question, but any one of you have any idea who, what is, which you know, story in the Bible would be a good example of how to care for someone who is mourning? I wouldn't be able to read what people say online, but anyone in church, in, any ideas? The example that comes to my mind, and I think the best example, right, or at least the very first part, of how to care for someone who is mourning is Job's friends. When Job lost almost everything, his herds, his flocks, his children, and was afflicted, his friends came to support him and sat with him for seven days and seven nights in silence. From Job chapter 2, when Job's friends Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Namahite heard all about the troubles that have come upon him. They set out from their homes and met together by agreement to go and sympathize with him and comfort him. When they saw him from a distance, they could hardly recognize him. They began to weep aloud and they tore their ropes and sprinkled dust on their heads. Then they sat on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights. No one said a word to him because they saw how great his suffering was. We don't have to offer answers, solutions, or what we think might, you know, or what we think about the situation to comfort someone in their mourning. Our presence is enough. When, while Job's friends really showed up then, once they stopped, started talking and offering their perspectives, why Job was going through so much suffering, everything started to go downhill. When they started to explain, oh, you must have done something wrong to deserve this, everything went... But what they started doing in the beginning, just sitting with Job in silence, that is love. And that is offering comfort. There are many, of course, there are many things that we can do for someone who is mourning. Things like getting food for them, because people who are grieving often have no appetite and they forget to eat. And helping them take care of themselves that way Offering to get food for them is a helpful thing to do. But the most important thing still is our presence and that connection that we have and that willingness to sit with their suffering, pain and grief, even though we are uncomfortable, even though that pain might, be, might feel like hard to bear, sitting with them there and holding them in love, that's offering comfort. I want to invite you to think about how do you want to be part and participate in the kingdom of God to comfort those who mourn? What can you do specifically 
to the people around you? How do you love your neighbour as yourself to comfort those who mourn? I'm inviting you to think about because too often it's easy to get distracted by our busyness and to avoid having to do these uncomfortable, difficult things. To see them, to help them clean and organize, to be available and provide my physical presence. Yeah, setting out time to do that. Be a volunteer. Being present and accompany in the morning. Just offering presents. Be available to help practically. Feed. Listen to their stories. Be tolerant and be accepting. To reach out and just spend time to listen. To ask how they are. Acts of service. To have them sort out logistics. To check in. Yeah, to check in. Right? You may have friends who might be going through a difficult time or had you know, experience some loss, reaching out to them, messaging them, makes a difference. That's what we need to do as a community. That, that task is collective. It's not just falls on the shoulder of the pastors. It falls on every one of us. But as we know, when the responsibility falls onto everyone, Nobody does it. Think about who might need your care and concern and reaching out and touching base with. Don't talk about it if they don't want to. Just be part of their regular life. By not directly providing solutions, it's not explicitly sought. Listening is more important. Be present to help. I must first know about their lives and get in touch regularly. Yes, it's not just the surface things. But it requires those who are offering to comfort others too to be vulnerable. It's a two-way street. You cannot care if you are not vulnerable. And you cannot receive care if you are not vulnerable. And that's the heart. Are we able to open ourselves up and mourn and allow our grief to be on the outside rather than all stuffed in and suppressed within. And then are we able to allow ourselves to connect with one another through our grief, our pain, and journey together in love? One of the things that I want to offer you um, something to think about is that sometimes when people are grieving and we ask, what can I do to help you? They are actually overwhelmed with everything that's going on and they have no presence of mind to tell you exactly what they need. Because they are, they are overwhelmed with all the emotions. My partner's uh, mom passed away a couple of weeks ago. And um, I actually asked him, you know, uh, because of our circumstances, right, uh, he isn't out to the family. So I asked, do you want me to be there at the, at, the, at the cremation? And then, you know, trying to figure out which are the 20 people who are going to be there and will I be the sore thumb and all that. And uh, I was scheduled to preach 
that Sunday. The cremation was happening on Sunday. And because we couldn't f- figure it out, he was like, it's okay, you, you, you go and work. You, you are scheduled to preach. And I just went, okay, you know, I will, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't make alternative arrangements. But it was Saturday night that I actually reflected and I realized that I should be there. For whatever reason, whether I'm un, whether I'm unwilling to be vulnerable or pulling myself back in some way, afraid of that, that grief that might overwhelm me, I chose work, right? The excuse. And I apologised. I, I, I texted him because he was at the wake. And I texted him and said, I'm, I, I, I now realise that I should be there. But it's a bit too late, right? You know, I cannot just say, okay, Pauline, take over you tomorrow. You know, um, it's midnight now, but take away tomorrow and preach, right? No, I can't. But I should have had that awareness on Friday to say that already because that was when Pauline offered to take over and that was a good, that, that gave her time to prepare. But I realised that I was expecting him to tell me what he needed when he was grieving and overwhelmed with emotions. I should have been more aware and would have just, just said, you know, you know what, Pauline, take over me. I will make myself available should it be needed that I, you know, so I can accompany if, if the situation allows. If not, that's okay. I made the wrong decision. And, you know, um, of course, that, you know, that, but when we journey with people, we will make mistakes. We will make mistakes when we try to comfort. And don't let that hold you back from caring and loving people. We do what we can with the best of in- intentions and we will fall short. And when we fall short, we acknowledge that. To say, I'm sorry I tried to be loving and comforting, but I think that what I did was really not really loving or fall short of the mark. And that actually is helpful as well. That continues to allow us to be relational allows us to grow, allows us to reflect the blessed community that we are. Thank you for all that you have poured out, right? And I invite you to live out that, to comfort those who mourn, because we are the hands and feet of Christ here on earth. I want to close today with the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi because I think that that's the prayer that most connects with me in this time. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace where there's hatred. Let me sow love. Where there's injury, pardon. Where there's doubt, faith. Where there's despair, hope where there's darkness, light.
with their sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. We come now to a time of Holy Communion. In many ways, this meal is a meal of mourning. The meal that Jesus um, gave on that night came just before his betrayal, his death, his you know, torture, things that were heavy on his heart. But um, it's also a meal of comfort because it represents God's great love for us, that he was willing to go through all that because he so loved you and me. And so we can take great strength and comfort from this meal. We gather each Sunday at this table. Even though at this time we are not all physically together, the table of God's feast transcends time and space because God's love transcends all boundaries. So this table recognizes no boundaries. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. This means you do not have to meet any criteria. You do not have to be a member of FCC. You do not have to be baptized. You only need to recognize that God's grace is sufficient. When Jesus sat at tables and broke bread with the tax collectors, lawyers, rich elites, and poor peasants, he proclaimed that God's radical love and abiding presence know no bounds. Through these occasions of sharing food, every person experienced God and shared in God's kingdom. A, A kingdom, kingdom where, where all are, are welcome, welcome, all are worthy, and all are invited. A kingdom where lives are transformed and empowered, and the fruits of God's gentle justice bloom throughout creation. All people, including each of us, are invited to share in this sacred meal of celebration and be strengthened by the presence of God in this place. We, we remember, remember that Jesus fed 5,000 hungry people with five loaves of bread and two fish. At this miraculous meal, there was such an abundance that everyone ate until they were full, and there were even 12 baskets of food left over. Holy, Holy God, God, we celebrate your abundant care and solidarity revealed in this meal. We remember that while sharing a meal with Pharisees, Jesus welcomed a woman viewed as an outsider. As the woman anointed his feet with oil, Jesus declared her dignity before everyone at the meal. Holy God, we celebrate your gracious inclusiveness revealed in this meal. At these meals, Jesus and all his disciples resisted the divisions, injustice, and violence of society. They, they lived, lived out instead the kingdom of God, 
a place of love, justice, and mutuality. But we also recognize that not all people liked Jesus' ministry. For some people, it was scandalous. They said, look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. When his arrest seemed near, Jesus ate a meal in an upper room with the disciples. As he had done so many times before, he took bread, and having given thanks to you, holy God, he broke it and gave it to the disciples, this time saying, do this to remember me. After the meal, he shared the wine, gave thanks, and said, I will not drink from this cup again until I drink it with you in the kingdom of God. And now invite the ushers to come forward to distribute the elements. For those of you who are watching at home, we invite you to get some elements to represent the bread and the wine so we can all partake together. If you're new with us, um, please hang on to the elements. Uh, we, will, we will all take it at the same time. Um, and don't reach out to take them. The ushers will give it to you. Thank you. Jesus was then unjustly killed by the systems of domination of his day. To some of his frightened disciples, it seemed that the bread symbolized his broken body and the wine his blood. God, God the, the kingdom, kingdom of God, God persisted and persists today through the many people who seek to be, to be your resurrection, resurrection community. Holy God, in the sharing of this bread and wine, we joyfully celebrate the hope-inspiring ministry and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let us partake of the elements together.
I invite you to stand as you're willing and able to join me in the prayer of communion. And together. Gracious, Gracious God, God, may this meal be for us an Emmaus meal where we encounter your presence in the sharing of this food as the disciples did at their meal in Emmaus. May the sharing of this food be a taste of your kingdom, holy God, so that we may be strengthened to be your joyful and hopeful disciples. And may we share in your kingdom of love, justice, and mutuality with those around us. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. You can dispose of the cups on the way out by the door later. Thank you. Thank you, David, for leading us in the communion. And thank you, Miak, for the sermon. I, may, I must say the sermon is a difficult one for me personally. You know, like uh, often we have um, places where we may not, un we may uncover through uh, listening to the word of God and the sharing of the gospel or the message. So, welcome home once again, and I hope that you have found the, the message in today's sermon helpful to you, or gave you space to reflect and examine um, our, our lives and look out for one another in our family, in, in the kingdom of God. So welcome home, okay? Um, welcome home to FCC, where we are free community church. So free stands for, those who are new with us, free stands for first realize everyone's equal. And if you are joining us uh, new, newly online, or even on-site, right? For those on-site, I believe we already filled up this form. Uh, that's why you have managed to get the information uh, to come on-site. For those who are joining us uh, new online, you can actually just visit us uh, by scanning a QR code or visit us at fcc.la slash FCC welcome. Alright, Free Community Church, we are uh, LGBT affirming, an open church that welcomes everyone to encounter God and God's love regardless of who you are, regarding your race, your ethnicity, your social economic status, uh, your passport, your vaccinated, unvaccinated, well, these division, right, goes away, and we recognize everybody's worth as the image and likeness of God, right. So we welcome you, and don't be shy to reach out to us if you are new with us. And if you have questions for 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 our for our church or even for the pastors, you can send an email to us at info at freecomchurch.org. And uh, if you're comfortable, we'll be inviting you to our newcomers meeting that happens on every last Sunday of the month. So you can, we will be holding that on-site and we'll also have provision for people to join online with us for the newcomers meeting. So, as I mentioned earlier, if you found the, the, the sermon earlier helpful to you or someone may be blessed by the sermon, we encourage you to like the video. All right, and share this out to your friends through social media platforms or what, your WhatsApp, Telegram, so that more people can be blessed and our message of hope and love all right, can reach more people in need. So for our next part, we move on to worshipping our God in communion with God all right, through our worship of giving and sacrifice. All right. So I, I, I personally always believe that the act of giving offering is not just obligatory, 
right? It's beyond that because it's a spiritual practice where we take on the likeness of Christ, the very personality of God who is self-emptying and giving. So for those who are new uh, with us, joining us online and on-site, you can give to our uh, mission and church and join us, all right? Join every one of us in supporting our work by giving to two types of funding. One will be the general fund, right, that goes into the expenses of the church or the, the daily and monthly operational uh, needs. For example, salaries, the expenditure for running the production and our ministries. The other one would be for the building fund that goes into paying down the mortgage of the church. And that, that in itself, right, is what gives us a safe space for everyone to come and be loved and encounter God's love. Right? So you can, you can give by scanning a QR code through PayNow, or if you are giving by credit card, please visit us at freecomchurch.give.asia. Uh, on, online, right, I, Jamie is moderator today. So if you would like to have more information, for example, how to set up, set up standing orders or repeat, um, automatically re, um, give every month, right, you can visit us at the, uh, our church um, giving URL, which uh, Jamie will be providing to you. Right, so before I invite our stewards to come forward to pick up uh, to take up the offering for those on site, please join me in the prayer of offering and thanksgiving. Dear God, the God who who grieves with us, who walks with us in our suffering, the God who emptied. His life in the person of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, God, for this mysterious love. May, may we encounter you. Help us to discover and encounter your presence in dark time situations where we are mourning, we are grieving. Or when there is a sense of grief and brokenness in our relationships, in our, in our community. But help us, Lord, by, by your life-giving grace, the life-giving spirit, and kindle in us a desire to care and love for one another, to be wounded healer, help one another, to support one another in our journey towards wholeness, towards shalom. So Lord, through our giving, our sacrifice, help us to become more and more like you. Help us to be your hands and your feet to care and love for one another. So we thank you, Lord, for being with us. And all this we need, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. May I invite the stewards to come forward to uh, take up the offering? So if you are giving um, physically, um, either be it check or cash, you can just raise your hands and our steward will come to you um, and they will advise you how to give. Alright? In a safe way, safe distancing way. So thank you very much. So we move on to the next part will be the announcement. I promise you the announcement is very short today. Hey, 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 because I'm looking at the time, we're famished. Oh, 
your, your, your tummy moaning for food. <laughs> so, but one important thing is volunteers still needed, alright? So, we, our, our Sunday service production team is really growing. I'm really encouraged by that. And there are many more um, opportunities for us, for you to even, not just like if you to, to, to volunteer, if you are interested to know what the volunteers in a, uh, in a production ministry is doing, you can please sign, you can actually sign up and get uh, to take a peek, a look behind the scenes of you know, the various roles from the camera to the production to the sound to the likes to the moderators or even the service leader. All right, what we do and how we coordinate the work together with our pastors all right, to bring really the message of hope and joy and Christ's good news right, to all who need it. All right? So we encourage you, if you're interested or you're just feeling like, hey, I don't know, like, I, 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 I'm, con- I'm consuming this from my screen, but I really like to know like, what the, how, how, how do you put this together. So if you're interested, drop us an email at info at freecomchurch.org and someone will actually reach out to you. Right. <laughs> so, as I mentioned earlier in the, um, our, at the beginning of the service, this month, this week, right, we celebrate the birthday of our August babies. So, next slide. <laughs> Wrong slide. It's okay. Yay, August babies. Uh, I, 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 hopefully, this is this. Like overlay is working, so I'm supposed to have all these like little cute things around me. So now I'd like to invite our Pastor Pauline to come um, to lead us in praying for our August babies. So for those of you online, right? Hey, now is the the right time. So if your your cell group members, your friends who are have, having birthday in August, right? They are still have not joined us online. Now is the time to quickly send them the link, right? To ask them to hey join online. However, one thing to take note, uh, PDPA, uh, Personal Data Protection. Please don't out your friend, you know, type their name online on the live chat. Uh, if they are not comfortable out, please always seek their consent and permission before you type people's name out. Alright? Just to protect them. And this is also from a place of love. So may I invite Pauline come to come forward to lead us in the, uh, to pray and bless over our babies. So... Uh, we have a couple of August babies, at least those that we know. Lah, huh? Okay, so those that we know are Yuck, yay! Who's here uh, in, in person, so you can wish him later, okay? And then we also have Jeffrey, who's also here. And many of you know him from Seed as well and Sprout. So please wish him, alright? And then we have our very own J-Lo, <laughs> Jamie. <laughs> and then we have Wang Zi, Wang Zi, yay! And also, our very own Sophia. Yay! And her dad is here, right? So, yay! We're so excited for all of them who are having birthdays. But also for all of you who are having birthdays that we don't know of, uh, we also want to pray for you. Okay, so will you join me in the word of prayer as we pray for all our siblings? Dear God, we thank you for the gift of life. The gift of your breath in us. Every one of us especially for our siblings who are celebrating their birthdays in August. We thank you for their life, all the days that they've had in the past, this day in the present, and all the days that you have planned ahead for them. All the wonderful things that you have in store. 
God, we just want to lift up their lives to you. We thank you for each one of them, for the way that they've been a blessing to us, for the way that you have blessed them too. And I pray that God, you'll continue to bless them abundantly with the outflow of your love, with your presence, with your peace that truly surpasses all understanding, with your joy that accompanies them each day of their lives. And I pray that through them and and in them, that others may see your light and your love brimming over and shining out, that they may be drawn to you as well. So God, we lift them all up to you. We pray that you'll take care of them and love them all the days of their life and help us to love them and to stand with them and to journey with them as we grow together in community. So we wish them all a very, very blessed, happy birthday as they all give thanks. Um, for the things that God, you have done in their lives. And so we thank you for them, each one of them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And one thing I love about church, right, is that we get to celebrate and also mourn and also do all the things that we do in life, right, every stage of life. And so one of the things we do also is to bid farewell in transitions for those who have been part of our community, who are moving overseas, uh, who are starting a new phase of life. And so we want to remember those people in prayer too. And so Bobby is here today, and I just want to invite Bobby to come up if he's comfortable. Right? Some of you may have seen Bobby, and he's been joining us for quite a few years. Can you come in? Uh, we need to social distance us, so I cannot uh, be too near you. Uh, but come, can you see? Can you see him? Can I? Uh? Okay? Can. Okay. So we want to pray for Bobby. Bobby is moving to the UK next week. Right? Uh, First Sunday mm, of, okay, of September, you mean? Okay, first Sunday of September, Bobby will be flying off. So, you know, he wanted to, yeah, so two more weeks, okay. So in these few weeks, if he's still here, you know, please, you know, bless him uh, and say your goodbyes. Uh, but we want to pray for him together as a community, okay? Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for the gift of Bobby, for his presence in our community, for his very um, dedicated and regular presence just being here with us. God, we pray that even as he makes his way over the UK in the first uh, Sunday of September, as he starts a new phase of life with family and with friends there, I pray that God, you will go with him. That your blessing, your presence, your joy, your comfort will go with him every step of the way. That whatever that comes along his way, both the good and the challenging, that God, he may know that he's not alone, that even though we may be physically far away, but we as a community are still with him. And with that, we prayed also for our many, many friends and members overseas who, who are geographically distant, but still are a part of our community. And we pray that together with Bobby, that your presence be with them and that you will continue to watch over them and that we can continue to love one another, even in the midst of um, all that we have, technologically, online, um, that we we'll continue to truly be your people, no matter where you send us. And so go with Bobby, as we send our love and our best wishes with him. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. <laughs>
Yeah, about the timing, right? It's okay, but now we know. Cool. Okay, please. Now, and now will you um, rise if you are comfortable and willing and able uh, as you receive the benediction. May you see God's light on the path ahead when the road you walk is dark. May you always hear, even in your hour of sorrow, the gentle voice of God's Spirit. May God hold you close in times of grief and mourning. And may you always remember when the shadows fall, you do not walk alone. May God's loving peace and presence go with you both today and always. Amen. Please be seated. And thank you so much for joining us for worship today. Uh, may you have a very blessed week ahead.